All right, all right. Three, two, one. It's been a while. <laughs> it's been a year. Oh, <laughs> it's I, been, I suppose. It has been a year. We're recording this right now, two weeks before the end of the... Exactly two weeks before the end of the year. And yeah, yeah it's... Oh my goodness, friends. We've done so much, yet so little. You <laughs> <laughs> read, like, an academy-level book critically with the help of a PhD. You know, I think we accomplished a lot this year. What was, else did yeah. we do this year? That wasn't the only thing, We right? did Critical like, we, Role. We did Cinderbrush. Critical Role was this year. I always yeah. forget that we do Critical Role. <laughs> Not because, like, it was... Because I expected to be more upset about it. It was just... Yeah, it, the whole know. thing was pretty forgettable. I mean... Oh, it was... It, you know, I mean, like, seriously, laughing at it with Vi made more sense. Yeah. Uh, but that's pretty much it. Like, we have done a number of breaks because we had to. Life was lifing. Uh, that's but, how it is sometimes. Yeah, but it was. It's been quite a year. I'm so glad I shared it with the two of you. You make me feel smarter because I learned so much. <laughs> It was so nice. Was it this year? Was Critical Role this year? Wasn't it this year? I don't remember. Oh my gosh. Because I'm looking at it. It's so, it's so, <laughs> forget- it was. it's so forgettable that we forget the year we it did it. We have only done, we've only done Otaku this year. We've only done Otaku? Oh my god, let's yeah. see now. Season 5. We had five, a couple months where we didn't have, uh, like, yeah, we didn't the do ability Anderson. to report. Like, Jared had you know, like a well, nationwide we, yeah, tour. Yeah. yeah, we did start oh, recording true, in March. Yeah. We started recording February. Our first episode was in March. Yeah, wait, Critical Role was last year. It is February last year, I believe. Yeah, we're nowhere close. We have no idea what time is. Dear God damn Yeah, time it. is a flat circle, and I stand by that analysis. Oh my God, Critical Role. <laughs> How long it's been? It's been a good been? year, though for having done just the one book it's been a good year it's been a good year i mean i do feel like i'm more prepared now to look at uh japanese scholars in the eye regarding geekery mm. and just say you know what I've, I've at least read your one of your foundational texts because we did we did mention that this is a tech that text was something you had to contend with by virtue of being first Ugh. excited to get maybe back because we haven't really quite nailed down our next book that's one of our things on the agenda for today we have but i am looking forward to maybe like not like doing something a little more center to what we're about perhaps yeah yeah because we we kind of pushed the boundaries which is good i'm glad we did but um yeah it'll be nice to maybe be able to talk about games a little bit more than we got to this year yeah, I mean, um, seriously. I am adding that erotic game to my Steam wish list, and if anyone buys it for me, I will play it to a hundred percent trophy completion. <laughs> you need to. You need to say what the game is. Uh, I, God, I think I still have the tab open somewhere. I mean, saying erotic game on Steam doesn't really limit things yeah. that much. It's the, the uh, one it's, from the you book, know. Right? Yeah, it's the one from it's Yu hyphen no, uh-huh. other world ep, uh, present world episode. No, that's one of the sections. God, he talks about it for so many pages. Look, you can find it. 
Oh my gosh. I think it's all in there. Okay, but you know what? We need to introduce ourselves, my friends. Oh, that's true. Oh, we yeah. haven't done any of our normal stuff. Okay, so yeah, hit, okay. Hit us with the, with the introduction. Oh, no, it's coming from you because you came up with this. You, this oh, is your question. question. Oh, no. So I didn't think we were going to do this, this question, which is the only, <laughs> it's the only reason why I proposed it. And of course, these two leches that I do a podcast with uh, immediately uh, glommed on to it. So the question this week, friends, is if you were going to make a sex tape, which government building would you do it in? <laughs> it's a little topical humor for everyone. Mind you, this came um, from Jared, our maiden. And I was just like, oh my goodness, Jared, Jared, you've yeah. been thinking about this, so, haven't you, Jared? Most Jared. I think the phrase sex tape is very funny. I think that's Question very about funny. government buildings? Because, <laughs> hi, I'm Fiona Maeve Geist. Right, like, the Smithsonian counts, but, like, not. Ooh, the Smithsonian. Ooh. That is a good one. You can do it under the... The Air and Space has a really nice bathroom, in addition to the fact that it has those really cool, like, foot pedals. You, um, should, you yeah. should do it under the Hope Diamond. But no, I would I would choose uh, the Skull and Bones, like, you know, antechamber. Oh, okay. Um, mostly because of all of the problems that that would cause. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. Oh, I changed my mind then. If you're going to do the Smithsonian... No, uh, the Skull and Bones is the secret society that runs the CIA. Uh, okay, okay. Out of our identity schools. <laughs> all right, so... Not, not the Skull Room, although Harvard has a Skull Room where they have all the skulls that they collected in the anthropology era. But Harvard's not a public institution. No, it just runs our government, in part. Like, what percentage of people in the House of Representatives and the Senate went to Harvard or Yale? Oh, dear. Well, my, both. Oh, my gosh. My answer to your question then, Jared, is mm. the lap of the Lincoln Memorial. That's, oh, that's a, good a good one. one. Oh, like, yeah. Yeah, daddy, yeah. big daddy of the nation energy. He's emancipating you. Mm-hmm. Like, he's freeing you from, like, you know, anything. Shame. It's a new country that he's envisioning. Right. I mean, well, like- as for myself, mm-hmm. and my name is Jared, um, and as for myself, I think, you know, maybe maybe it's tawdry, maybe it's overdone, but I, I just, I think about the rotunda of the Capitol building in the middle of the night, you know? It just seems so perfect. Oh my god! Were you a West Wing viewer when you were a teenager? Oh my god! No, I wish I was. I've always wanted you to see watch we're the such West a Wing. Rules nerd. Oh my goodness! <laughs> Basically, like, what if the government was run by rules nerds? <laughs> oh see, my that goodness! Perfect. This is very much like Sorkin-esque of you. Like you know, the obelisk at the oh, distance, yeah, for sure, in full phallic view. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, we're going to have To be clear, I lived in D.C. for a few years so To be like, clear, I'm not I American I did actually have to see the Capitol building when I walked uh, on a highway overpass to the train station near my old apartment I'll okay. tell you what, when I visited in August I was really impressed with because we went to the Capitol building and they had a cafeteria and we decided to have lunch there which I thought was a bad idea but it's like, why would you know what I mean? Like we, we just did. And 
I gotta tell you, it was like I was pretty impressed with their little cafeteria. It wasn't little; it was really big. The desserts, especially, were super impressive. Yeah. Was oh, it that's subsidized? one of the things that like locals always do. Like, yeah. is a couple of the like big institution things are just good enough because of the sheer number of people they have to serve who are like important enough. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Like, if I was anywhere near the Capitol building and a local, I would totally consider going there for lunch or something. Okay, like, my qu- sure. my question would be, how are the prices? <clears throat> you know what? It was it was more than you'd expect to pay for... Well, it was by the item. You know what I mean? Like, it was... A, you mm-hmm. go pick shit up, and then you pay for what you get, which yeah. is nice. Like yeah. They had a salad bar that was by the pound or whatever. Yeah, yeah. So I was, like, wondering, um, like, was it actually worth it? Because but, like, it like, wasn't too bad. Um, like, I got out of there for a perfectly reasonable amount. Kieran, my, my, the person I was traveling with, um, got a salad that was entirely too large for one human being. That was, like, government-subsidized food. That's why. That's why I'm asking. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you well, know. also, like, I wait places. It was reasonable. Yeah. Mm. Okay. You know, I miss eating in America. I don't miss being in America. Does that make any sense? Oh, for sure. That makes a lot of sense. You know, it's like, if I can just go to an American restaurant with American vibes, I'll be cool with it. But I wouldn't want to take the 21-hour flight. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, though, there are parts of America I really should get to... Uh, Providence. But I imagine I, uh, getting I, on a plane for 21 hours just to be in America of all places. Yeah, well, like on the, all the parts of it the, that I like yeah. a lot are like nightmarish in their own way. I mean, on the yeah. East Coast. I mean, if I were, if it was to be like San Francisco, it'd be a 14 hour flight, which isn't too bad. It's so a, a long yeah, time. Then you have to be on the West Coast yeah. and you have to be in an airplane for 14 hours. So? I can <laughs> I hate it. being in planes. I literally, re- like, the only way that I will get on a plane is if it's a direct flight or there's long layovers somewhere else. And like, okay, so my you- life hack is I pack nothing. I drink heavily on my way in because I take a cab and I'm not, I don't own a car anyway. Um, and I pass out for my entire ride. Okay, so Fiona. That's the only way I really will be on planes. I drink two cocktails in the, you Fiona, know, overpriced you bar on my way into the plane. How are you and going to see bang. me here? How are you going to see me in Asia? Like, you need to... Are you where boats exist? You're going to take three freaking weeks? No. <laughs> I want you now. I don't want to get you off the port when you're, like, suffering from scurvy. Girl, after three weeks in the home, I'm from the land of Tang, my friend. <laughs> I love eating Tang and being like in saltines and reading. Like, I wish there were trains that went further. I mean, what's oh, gonna? Oh man, trains are the best. I mean, seriously though, if you're gonna take three weeks to go here, then that's gonna mean it's gonna take another. You're gonna be uh, no. We're gonna uh, maximize time. No, it's, I mean, if I was going to, like, actually go to, like, basically Asia in general, I would be, like, doing an entire tour and not, like, getting off at a port and traveling through multiple countries. Like, if I have to actually travel that far as someone who, like, is pretty agoraphobic (laughs) on some level, I'm, like, doing as many things as possible. So, like, you know, yeah, boat, probably, other than, like, 
the, all the reasons that no, I'll probably just black out on a plane and get up in Jakarta. I feel like a normal person. I, I feel so so hurt and devastated. <laughs> on but, that like, note, also flights to Greenland from where I live is like the cheap vacation I could take. Is I could go s- try know, to see Bjork. You know, they're direct flights from Boston to Hong Kong. You know this, right? I'm not in Boston. Yeah, but you're like 45 minutes off it. Boston is far away. You said three bo- far ways away. <laughs> I live in the United States Shire. Oh, good grief. So this episode is ostensibly about what we're going to read next year. And we still don't... We have an idea. But I think, you know, we can depend on our tens of listeners... Um, to tell us what to read I have met another listener in real life oh you did yes what did they say they were a fan of the show they recognized me by voice which is weird because I've never really had people recognize me by voice it's usually by name and then what did they say um that they liked the show. No, I feel incredibly awkward talking about like this because I was at my job. Okay, like okay, I was working okay. in a retail so, environment. So, um, so like, was it a well, shy approach? Well, shout out to them. Shout out to what? them. What's their name? Who is I, it listening? I am so bad with names. Yeah. If you are that listener and you come into the store, I will like absolutely apologize to you to take down your name. Okay, so to the listener who approached Fiona, um, how did you approach? Was it a sigh? Was it like a, a shy kind Why of... Why like, are you doing this? You know, I want to know the details, Fiona. I, I, I need to feel the fantasy. It's not how I see the world, I, my friend. I know it's not how you see the world. That's why I'm asking that person to tell me how they saw it so that they can tell me yeah. how they saw the world. Oh. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay, sorry. I got confused. I mean, I'm not the smartest person. No, it's like... Please, dear listener who approached Fiona, were you shy about it? Did you hear Fiona and go like, I know that voice. Oh no, they're working. I shouldn't bother her. But I need to screw up the courage because how often will I get to see the majestic Fiona? And then you went up. And then, yeah. And then did you ask questions like... I work at a bookstore in Rhode Island. Like, if you're a fan of Rhode Island, you can see me at a bookstore fairly often. Yeah. The fantasy. And then, and then, he or she, I don't know, you never gave a gender to this listener, would come, and then they'd be all like, oh, so what's Mahar like in real life? What's Jared like in real life? You've never seen Mahar in person physically? That's such a shame. Here's a plane ticket. We shall all meet together. And, you know. Oh, this fantasy got great. Right? Right? Yeah, this fantasy came like we get an angel investor, whereas I think that someone thought that we're very, like, clever in have interesting takes about books. And then I'll be like, me in the USA? I, I mean, seriously, that's such an honor. But I'm living in a different city, in a different country entirely. And then, oh, okay, great. We'll get you a visa. We'll take care of all that bu- bureaucracy for you. Oh, really? <laughs> and then we all find ourselves in Providence, all in Fiona's bookstore, sipping on a cup of tea, reading books, and throwing curses on the youth who annoy us. 
I like when young people come into the store, like, you know, because most of them would only go into a weird bookstore to look for weird books. There was yeah, a qualifier. Yeah, we wouldn't curse the cool young people, just the other ones. There was a like. qualifier. We will only curse the young ones who annoy us. Not the general yeah. youth doesn't annoy us. Oh, Jared's annoyed by everything. That's true. Yeah, you do have a point there, like yeah. basically the definition of like cantankerous and or ornery. <laughs> and yet again, particular said with a, <clears throat> an emphasis in the way that you would use it to describe a horse. And yet again, Jared is our maiden. That's right. A righteous filly. <laughs> So we should, I think we've got at least, I'm going to get us on track. We're going to do it. I think we've got at least two books to consider. What's the one of them? One? I think is a mm-hmm. forerunner at this exact moment, but I did link, like we have two in the, in the group chat to consider. I think I know one of one, them is yeah. called critical play. Mm-hmm. And the other one I have to find, I have to dig it up real quick. I swear there was another one. Was it shared uh-huh. fantasy? Shared fantasy. Yeah. Shared fantasy. I mean, I don't know if we had a reason to. Oh, that's the older one, right? Yeah, that's yeah, the it's a classic one. study that they reprinted yeah, because yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Uh, got Gary Allen Fine uh, playing games with people, like which. That's right. That one's more of a story time game, right? It's like an ethnography kind of angle yeah. of early Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, I've not yeah. read either. I've heard of both because of the two of you, but I've not really delved or looked into reviews or anything like that. So I'm curious. Well, we can at least get a um, a surface level uh, sort of idea from the from the ad mm-hmm. copy. Mm-hmm. Well, we also so let's see. To... We got shared fantasy yeah. by Gary Allen Fine. It still provides, according to the University of Chicago Press, it still provides one of the most acute descriptions available of an often misunderstood subculture mm-hmm. that of fantasy role playing games like Dungeons and Dragons. Uh, Gary Allen Fine immerses himself in several different gaming systems, offering insightful details on the nature of the games and the patterns of interaction among players, as well as their reasons for playing. When was this published again, so Jared? Eighty-three. Oh my God, it's as old as I. Yeah, like this is. It's uh, slightly it's, older than me. Am yes. I? Am I the oldest in this podcast? I am, right? I am. I am. Yes. Yeah, you are. In my fourth decade! As I'm spiritually ancient, you know, like, I am still the crown. I know. Well, here's a table of contents. So we've got chapters such as mm-hmm. FRP, mm-hmm. which I'm hoping stands for Fantasy Roleplay. Uh, <laughs> players. Sorry. Collective Fantasy. A long sentence in a word that I don't, or in a language that I don't speak. Mm-hmm. Game Structure. Oh, God. Frames and games. So it looks like we're doing some frame analysis again, Mm -hmm. which is not my fave. It's 1983. There's not that many good theories yet. That's true. Oh, my God, Fiona. Fiona. Sticks and Marxism is like all American academics have. And some early translations of fucking Foucault and Deleuze. Okay, I was about to say... American the early pragmatism. 80, the early 80s was, like, a, was a Foucauldian early time. Early development of like critical theories that are domestic, but like, mm-hmm. you know, really, the U.S. is not a theory-heavy nation. I mean, what do you think? We don't really trust it. When you think about it, I would look at the 80s as more of a time when continental philosophy 
was like getting into its heyday two decades after postmodernism really threw its hat in the ring. And then oh, one of my favorite. Yeah. Imp- oh, sorry. No, I was just gonna say one like, of my favorite anthropology yeah. texts about this. What was that, Fiona? One of my favorite anthropology texts is about that. Like, it is the most bitter academic thing because this person just does not like Roland Barthes and like has this whole thing about how comparative literature and like a lot of the. Mm. Emerging methods of scholarship using, you know, mostly continental theory um, are actually, like, this weird, like, francophone thing that, like, you know, is 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 kind of a tulip mania. Exactly. This is the decade when analytic philosophers were like, thank God for computers. You know, like, if they didn't have computers, they would have been like, oh, shit, we'd have nothing. Because everyone was just going full continental. It's like, it's when... Continental philosophy, I think, started becoming sexy in the 80s. Also, Francis Fukuyama. Fuck. Man, imagine claiming that the history ended in 1988. Sorry, the end of history. (laughs) Like, no. Oh, God. Actually, um, uh, yeah. Okay, so already, it seems like this book, by just virtue of its context, gives us something to talk about. Yeah. So the other book is called Critical Play. It's by Mary Flanagan. Uh, it, it is um, it is subtitled Radical Game Design. Um, and it appears to be attempting to talk about that. So let me look at the back of the book copy. For many players, games are entertainment, diversion, relaxation, fantasy. But what if certain games were something more than this, providing not only outlets for entertainment, but a means for creative expression, instruments for conceptual thinking, or tools for social change. Um, let's see, blah, 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 examines alternative games that challenge the accepted norms embedded within the gaming industry, and argues that games designed by artists and activists are reshaping everyday game culture. Hmm. When was that published? So I already at, want to argue with this thesis so fucking much. Well, the thesis so far, and again, this is just the back of the book copy. Who knows? Yep. I but mean, the thesis is know. already like couching itself so much in this, like it's reshaping game culture. <laughs> right? It's like, like, can we talk about human culture? You know what I mean? Like, is it just games that are at stake here? Um, let's see. Gamer is an invented community. It's not like. No one has, like... Yeah. God damn it, I'm so happy. Okay, here's, yeah, yeah. here's so the question. It looks though. like it's going like, to talk about games in terms of 20th century art mm-hmm, movements, mm-hmm. specifically subversive art movements in the 20th century, um, including Dadaist puppet shows and The Sims. Um, it's interesting to call The Sims subversive. Like, I, I could make that argument, but I don't think it's... I wouldn't just drop it and walk away. She I looks mean, at like let's plays is an easier argument here. Like God, considering the way. Oh, apparently it tackles activists dealing with worldwide poverty and AIDS, and how those things can be incorporated into game design. So that's interesting. Mm. Huh. Which for for me, there's a little bit like are there a few. Arguing that this kind of conscious practice, which now constitutes the avant-garde of the computer game medium, can inspire new working uh-huh. methods for designers, Flanagan offers a model for designing that will encourage the subversion of popular gaming tropes 
through new styles of game yeah. making and proposes a theory of altern- alternate game design that focuses on the reworking of contemporary popular game practices. Okay, that is a tortured last sentence. That was just one yeah, sentence. Yeah, so immediately guys. my reaction to this is to compare it and like, you know, I'm sorry. It's such as the such as life. But my immediate reaction is to compare it to um Persuasive Games by mm-hmm. Ian Bogost, um, which I have mm-hmm. read and found half there. Mm-hmm. Um, it seems like it would be more grounded and practical than Persuasive Games is, which I don't find bad. Um, but it also mm-hmm. seems like it's really, at least, for, again, just from the ad copy, um, it seems like it's really going out of its way to avoid I'm calling sorry. anything rhetoric. I'm sorry. Which, well, persuasive games for all its faults does not do well for me it's more this um, is published in 2013 and it calls the sims subversive and i'm kind of like I mean, I well can feel that it. is I an argument it. um yeah, it's an mean, argument. that was a really yeah. popular one i mean like chuck klosterman as mm-hmm. like you know the kind of onion av club person made the one that like you know, because he did the thing where people interview video game designers and it's like, isn't this game just the catalog? And, you know, I forget who the designer, I assume it wasn't Will Wright, but someone, but they were like, you know that if you buy them everything, they still actually need to see people. And then, you know, he had a whoa moment. What more like And it's like it? very games journalism of the era. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, this is kind of when like games journalism realized that like it's very easy to get a kind of like think piece analysis that makes your game seem deeper and some games kind of leaned on that yeah but i mean to say like the sims would you call the sims subversive it basically forced someone to enter a capitalistic system i mean that's very much like the only thing that made it not sub well make it remotely subversive in my mind at least is that it allowed for cheat codes for which you can just have unlimited resources which was a dream it's like it's like how was that subversive when if you were to play the game as intended you were basically pretending at being someone with the same problems we could probably sit down the three of us and work through a queer reading for instance of the sims that would arrive at something that would be reasonably called subversive i mean yeah, i think also intentional game breaking Mm is stuff that like i I thought was very funny in the sims where like you know making people paint in an empty swimming pool that you've just removed all the exits from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't I don't get the impression, again, just from the ad copy, that that's necessarily what this book is doing. It seems like it's interested in, when it says, when it uses the word subversive, it seems to mean subverting the things that games typically do. <laughs> you know what I mean? Oh, like, so like shooting and killing like, The Sims is new and innovative, and that's we're using the word subversive for that. That's how I'm reading this. Uh, okay, I'm. You uh, know, this requires a contextual read because I'm not sure. I could be wrong about that, yeah. but that's what it looks like. It it does also include Dadaist, which is okay. No, actually, that's that is one really solid reading of Dadaism is just like subverting what game what art is you know like turning yeah, it upside yeah. down yeah but you see the, the, yeah, okay. i'm like is it subversive because the game is designed to be subversive or is the subversion from the player who has reworked the game into something that they want to use vis-a-vis what the game actually does like yeah, i think it's really it comes down to there's this 
tripartite thing that shows up in a couple places in the ad copy where it's it's it says that it's interested in games that are designed for political aesthetic and social critique right so i'm assuming that this book is going to have some sort of three sections one looking at political issues one looking at aesthetic sort of intra-game issues and one looking at larger social issues which is separating that out from political is kind of interesting but whatever i feel like this Um, is going to end with me talking like a very old person being like the old war games actually teach you about how resources push you into various problems oh man it doesn't have a, a table of contents it has a the index preface and a sample chapter mm. but not a table and actually those are all dead links so never mind i don't even have those i mean okay huh. let's you know what these these are worth considering um i feel like both of these books seem worth discussing they seem and worth discussing also yeah, that's the thing. As, as down as i've been on it i do want to be clear that i think critical play is a really strong contender for the show i mean it <laughs> like, is i don't it want is. the fact I'm that actually, i'm gonna disagree with it i'm actually looking yeah Exactly. I'm actually yeah. looking for online copies now, uh, digital copies, although I did see a Kindle thing. If I could find something cheaper, that would be wonderful, because it still packs a punch for a Kindle copy at $25 where I'm at. I could, I could yeah, it looks like the, are like that. It looks like MIT Press, you can get an quote-unquote ebook directly from MIT Press. Um. Mm-hmm. Oh no! They they just tell you all the places that are currently selling the ebook. I know. So there's I Amazon, know. Apple Books, Books a Million, Google Play Store has it, Ugh. and something called Kobo. No, thank you. Okay. Uh, so oh, I think what... Kobo is one of those subscription service ones. So I think it might be one of the ones that you're able to, mm. or it's the one you can use through a local library. I forget which, yeah. but like it's one of the ones where like you should use it to get a few high value like kindle reads if you do digital reading probably um yeah it looks like rakuten kobo has it for 22 dollars the the ebook for 22 dollars um okay it's also mit press so that's the thing you know we like we like mit press I mean, I think. I mean, MIT Press. <laughs> we we did at least one good book from them. Yeah, was it, um, Elusive Shift. Elusive then? Shift. Oh, yeah. I I maintain Elusive Shift is arguably the best book that we've reviewed because not because I re- agreed with everything, but it just really took its time to justify, like, well, not justify, but properly substantiate its argument. Like uh, uh, one thing I'll say about mm-hmm. um, Critical Play, and specifically about its author Mary Flanagan, is um, she apparently is a game designer, which is not true of I think most of the books yeah. that we've dealt with. You know, I you um, know what I'm going to keep an open mind for this one. Um, I, you know, no, I, she seems because I looked her up. Yeah. I looked up her her game. You never designer. played the game from. Keen of Hephaestus. Yeah, that's probably for the best. Oh, you mean the Forge book? Uh, yeah. I swear. You know, we should someday do a telethon where, like, if we raise enough money, we'll play it. <laughs> I'm sorry, but the Skeen of Hephaestus and the Forge book, the puns were just making themselves for that one. Look, I want to talk about your Forge scheme and why we should cut it off. Oh, oh my god, I swear. It was like... Uh, you know, until now, that that 
I don't, okay, I want to make something clear, guys. We are not anti-creative communities because sometimes people actually still bring up our podcast as if like we were so anti-Forge. We're not anti-Forge. We've actually said a lot of laudable things about that area. Um, mm-hmm. But <laughs> we do not like how it was remembered and narrativized in that book because that did not seem to be what really was happening. Big difference, y'all. We're looking at the record. Yeah. We're criticizing the record. The record of what the place was. <laughs> Good lord. Well, it's like... God damn it. I I hope it's always been clear that I think Ron Edwards is probably quite good at biology. Yeah. Like, I, he has a credible degree in biology, and he does research and does peer review and, like, publishes. So, like, I assume that he knows how to actually vet facts when it's not claims on an internet forum because you know he's a respectable adult member of society but like man he cannot like there is just something in men that makes them unable to apologize when they're wrong on a forum and i i think it might be why being anonymous on forums really helps people that's true i mean you know well We'll go back to that book maybe in our 10th anniversary. <laughs> it doesn't help people as a whole. It helps people not burrow on a claim forever because they didn't get caught in public saying something incredibly dumb and decide to triple down on it. I'm sorry, but really, like, it, there's some people. I do think it's unfair for me to remember the dumbest thing that Ron Edwards said on the internet. Like, I do think the new Apple card is a very good blog entry. <laughs> You know, I mean, seriously, though, that said, um, we've done quite a lot of books, well, quite a lot of episodes over the past three years. Three years, friendos. And then, could you imagine? We've gone this far. I honestly didn't think we would go this far. You know? I'm I'm ranting after the first book. (laughs) No, but seriously. I thought it was a limited edition. You know, I mean, like, we started October 2020, and then it's like, well, let, let me count. I think we have 20-plus episodes in three years. Seems about right. Let's have a look. We should make, like, a report to our shareholders that don't exist of, like, some pie charts and graphs of, like, the performance of the show. Yeah, 29 episodes. We have 20. Oh, my God. So we're going to start our fourth season with our 30th episode. I think this is our sixth season that's going to start because it we... Is, yeah, because Critical Role was its own season. like Which you always forget because yeah. it it was fine. Like, there was really not a lot to talk about, and that was kind of in its own way weird. Season six. Yeah, that was a two-episode season. Oh, my goodness. I mean, I, you don't... But, but, oh, my goodness, we're going to start with the year. This feels like cleansing. This feels empowering. This We spent a year inside Otaku. We spent a year on a man trying to justify his, like, time-traveling sex games, um, only to discover that nothing changes in true nihilistic fashion. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I actually think Christian Bale should do the book on tape for Otaku Database Animals. I think that he would do a really good job at reading it. Like, if he did his voice number two, not the Batman voice, but the one he does for Patrick Bateman... Oh, I was about to say his American Psycho voice. Yeah. 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 
My goodness, my goodness, Christian Take Bale. Take a tense exfoliating scrub as I reach into my pocket and pull out my phone, which contains, you boy, an incredible erotic game. It contains two modes. <laughs> Paul Allen thinks that he's going to beat me to the harem ending. Paul Allen is fucking wrong. Oh, God. What a great film. <laughs> yeah, it honestly is... Uh, probably one of the most iconic films that really I don't think that he acted in. Oh, yeah. No. Oh, I watched that Edgar Allan Poe movie he's in recently, and it is, I think, the worst movie I saw this year. I love the audacity of your claim that American Psycho is not a film. It's a documentary. <laughs> it's not a documentary. Like it's- I don't believe that Christian Bale actually murders women. That's insane. I believe that Christian Bale is actually kind of someone who's status-obsessed and kind of into masculinity in a way that is unhealthy. And thus, he's very able to act like Patrick Bateman, a character about male insecurity, written by a gay man dressed mm. like a clown who wanders around wondering if he's privileged enough. My God. I think Glamorama is Brett Easton Ellis's best book, though, because, like, you know, I've read a lot of edgy queer literature. Uh, mm. You know, kids these days should read Dennis Cooper's uh, The Marbled Swarm and never at me about it because I'm no longer on Twitter. You know, not being on Twitter is also one of the best things that happened for the last few years. And this oh, podcast, this, this podcast being the only way that I actually even ex- access that site. Oh, sorry. X. X is now where no, we're No, we don't. It, it's going to go out of business. You think? <laughs> I keep waiting for it. I really want it to. I don't it lost like 90% of its value. Like, I, I believe that it could still operate, but like, it doesn't have advertisers anymore. Well, it's like know. there was a time where Facebook didn't have like, you know, an infinity of advertisers, right? Like, I remember earlier iterations of the internet, like, and that. My algorithm being poisoned as it was even back then, you know, showed me some stuff at Facebook Marketplace ads that was basically like, would you like to buy suspicious Ziploc bags or um, tentacle grape soda? And it's like, wow, Mark Zuckerberg, there's a real bottom of the barrel that you'll scrape for ad content. Dear Lord. (laughs) But like, you know, um, like, most social media never wants those advertisers. Like, there's no amount of money that Pornhub can pay to really have real advertising on, like, Facebook slash it being advertised on Facebook would defeat both the purpose of its site and Facebook. I think Pornhub makes more money by advertising um, porn stars. It's basically a sampling. Yeah, it's, it's bas- a platform. It's basically, it basically a sampling. Facebook where you... Yeah. you give attention to like a brand and that mm. values a brand yeah it's a sampling platform at this point that's what it is yeah you know i mean like the number like, of people who have only fans internet is terrible who link it over like you know it's it's just yeah oh my goodness maybe we should do a critical reading of only fans accounts <laughs> no because there probably is an erotic actual play somewhere and look if someone purchases it for the group i will watch it but like 
I do not want to. I erotica CCG yesterday on Kickstarter. What? Oh, yeah. you. Yeah. Has it, it has the best art. I, yeah, well, it's if great. I had spare money, I would actually back it. It's actually, like, like, good art and not, like, shitty, too slick erotica art. You know what I mean? Like, it's... I really it's like bad oil it. Paper. It, looks, it looks amateurish in a good way. Wait, wait. Yeah, Jared, are you getting great? Are you getting titillated, Jared? Oh no, 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 no. It's it's also not going to fund. <laughs> so like, yes, I did sign up to spend $50 on packs if it funds, but it's not going to fund, so it's like nothing. It's someone's heartbreaker that keeps not funding and, you know, in a weird way has become its own underdog story that I've kind of want this person to succeed yeah like it had been up for at least a day when i backed it and when i put my 50 dollars in the pot i doubled their money all right there's just no way around they had 50 dollars to begin with there's just no way around it it's sad because i do think it, it would be very cool if they got to make it and i'd like to own 10 packs of it i mean maybe it has a good high competitive game like you know who knows speaking as someone who's played a lot of games in 2023 I, I've beaten every video game I've played in 2023 and beat several that are considered difficult. So I'm going to just officially say games need to uh, get up on my level or improve their overall quality of product. Pro gamer over here. I mean, you know, like a lot's been happening as well. And I think we don't really talk about like current gaming issues. I personally think we shouldn't talk about uh, existing, you know, because like, you know, professional distance and all that. Um, I will say, however, we see you. That's all. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's all just because I don't actually. I I probably have you muted and I never cared what you thought in the first place (laughs) uh, because caring about what you think would imply a relationship between equals. And when you get a skill set where I have to see you as an equal, I will acknowledge your opinion. Oh my gosh. God, get him. Wow, Fiona. And tell him. I'm going to say this right now. I don't go into your job and ask you how to do whatever the fuck is you do to survive. Please do not lecture me about something that you're not good at. Thank you. I mean, I don't, you know, I say this and I don't mind saying this. I don't think Fiona sees me as an equal, and I'm cool with that. <laughs> I do see you as an equal, but. <laughs> You're good at a lot of things. You're also a much nicer person than I am. I'm better at acting. That's what I am. (laughs) Uh, You can actually sing. Um, I'm pretty bad at keeping time for someone that drummed for a long time. Like, I have a number of things I have a low intelligence at. I'm not trying to claim I'm good at all things. I'm not. We did, But if an obsessive, uh, repetitive like behavior makes you good or better at it i'm pretty good at it or i will sit and become better at it until Mm -hmm. i beat you at it i you know what i would love for our listeners for one day to look at the old ad and d aka second edition rule set of dungeons and dragons and look at the charts and actually stat themselves yeah, I want I want our followers to do that. Yeah, um, yeah. And mail us a character sheet. I'll get a PO yeah. box. Like, and with proof. Like, for example, I think strength eighteen is like bench press three hundred. So, like, okay, you you, you want to you can show us you can bench press three hundred. Send a send us some video evidence of uh, bench pressing three hundred, or dexterity. Like, you know how much. Um, 
How do you do dexterity again? I think dexterity is... I mean, it's weird because dexterity, like, does a bunch of things that are really unrelated. Like, sneaking is kind of run off of it. Mm -hmm. Um, Although in second edition, you have percentages. Although Mm -hmm. high dexterity gives you bonuses that are, like, better than gaining two or three levels. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Same same with... Yeah. But it also (laughs) covers, like, your armor class Mm -hmm. uh, and you know um your affinity for bow based weapons yeah like like there's a bunch of stuff where it's like what is the actual like Mm -hmm. oh it also makes your base movement speed because like high dexterity low sized creatures have like you know yeah sometimes equal human moving speed that's what we can do with base movement speed so like you should be able to move x amount of space right within one minute so we can compute can you do how much in one minute oh yeah there's an objective means for dexterity then and then we could do constitution hard to say you know poison resistance is hard to count intelligence is the easiest build up the resistance to iocane powder only don't do that and this is not medical advice yeah Yeah, intelligence is easy it's the number of languages you can speak I mean, honestly, I feel like we could probably jimmy together a Constitution one. Like, mm-hmm. how many times have you been to the doctor in the last 10 years? Well, you know, I think that, like, honestly, with how it's supposed to kind of broadly be hardiness, like, oh, I'm, I'm pretty sure everything. doing, like, a suspension hang is a good way of testing it. Like, that is just holding on to a bar or something and not having your feet touching the ground because it's more a test of how long you're willing to kind of let your body hang yeah, and poor sense. strength, which generally correlate to good health. They don't mm-hmm. perfectly. Mm-hmm. Obviously, health is not as unilateral as measured on character sheets, mm-hmm. nor is intelligence, nor is anything else. Mm-hmm. Charisma would have to be... Otherwise, games are just weird eugenics with yeah. dice. Yeah. Charisma would be how many people are willing to die for you. Be honest. <laughs> Yeah. Wisdom is like, you know, do first level illusions work on you, which basically means can you point out the mistakes in David Copperfield's actions? Um, <laughs> the- I've never read David Copperfield. Uh, someone Copperfield, the magician. Oh, wait. I always confuse. Oh, yeah. There's a Dickens story with a Copperfield. Yeah. Yeah. I always use the two. Although that might also be about, like, someone that runs scams. <laughs> I, I only ever read A Christmas Carol and, like, a few others. You're going to love this. They're both David Copperfield. There we go. The, the novel and The Magician, they're both David Copperfield. I love when things have that sort of confusion. Yeah. Well, we've, we've talked through our two potential books. Yes, and we've, and we've made sense said a lot of very silly things and, and fun things. Is there anything else we want to cover? I don't think we need to come to a decision on the air. I think they'll just find out when we do our next episode. I um, hope that our listeners have a wonderful Yule. Yeah, yeah, we should wish them a good Yule. I hope that Jared being the Lord of Misrule today brought you happiness and that watching reruns on television or whatever you do is pleasant. It's the last two weeks of the year. Yeah, I'm about to like do very little work for a, a couple weeks here. We're just cruising right now. I'm I not have doing anything interesting. One more week. I'm reading a sci-fi trilogy, and well, I'm like yeah. two thirds through it. 
One what is Monique. it? Uh, Tarkovsky's Children of. Uh, I got through Children of Time, which is uplifted spiders uh, and kind of science fantasy at times. And um, it's good. It's fun. Uh, it's a relatively quick read. Oh. It's definitely less depressing than the other sci-fi trilogy I read this year. I've been reading Japanese oh, yeah. light novels for fun. So now I'm in book 14 of Campfire Cooking with My Absurd Skill. And I'm in book 9 of Quest of the Culinary Princess, I believe it's called. It's so shallow. I of course you like cooking ones. Well, of course I love cooking <laughs> ones. What do you... <laughs> it's 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 too tight. I, uh, <laughs> I've been reading Vampire Hunter D. It's so good. It's good. You just know he's gonna win. It's just a Conan story, but like more Elricky. I and do, there's like I do like descriptions of vampire technology. The 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 anime is good. I like the, the books are good. Like the anime is adapting the first and the third light novel, and. Um, if you like those, you know, like also they have um uh Amano covers um who did the Final Fantasy art. Yeah. Um yeah. Oh, I don't know what I want this year. I need to figure out my anime list for next year. Oh god. So much cartoon, so little time and get back to I appreciate RPGs. nerd stuff. It's have, so good yeah. that it exists. I haven't run a game in like five months so I'm gonna have to change that I haven't been running or playing RPGs in a long while but I've been like teetering on the edge of burnout for like most of the year so yeah Jer Bear um, you need to take I've care of yourself i kind of avoiding it mm-hmm. yeah no we're doing fine I don't wanna I'm not I'm not fishing for, for sympathy or anything but it's just been like that's just been part of it is like we, we're just not gonna play RPGs for a little while I've gotten back into board games more um Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was like the previous thing that I was into even before RPGs. So I've been leaning more into board games this year, which is good for me. Um, we need to play Sue Line. We got to get like Mahar yeah, into the game of Sue Line. Because like, yeah. I feel like Mahar would be good at train games. Yeah. At train games? I'm it's like at math. Train games. It's like math, but. What gives you the impression like, I'm good at math? God's what sakes. If, Public, well, it's public like math for works um, building, but also arch capitalism, but also competition. So mm-hmm. again, all that's wrong with the world. You think I'm good at? Thank you very much. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I think you're good. At, you're more perceptive than the average person as someone that plays high gambling strategies. Look, it's just. And the asymmetries of train games are well suited to having a variety of play style. You know, it's like a fighting game, but like instead of having like a fighter select screen of anime people, you have a colored cube set that you want. Look, <laughs> I maybe don't, a mine or something. I don't gamble anymore. I'm a very good boy these days. I played rummy today for money, and it was great. I'm a bad girl, what kind but of I'm rummy? also a good boy. Uh, what kind uh, of rummy, I generally? played uh, 300 rummy with dollar point, and I swept it in four hands and finished with 200 and some points in my fourth hand. We love it. I was only 30 mm-hmm. from winning and offered to like fold, and they decided not to. 
So, you know, because like if I've already won and there's nothing I can do but run up the score, like it's kind of sporting to just be like, here, I'll fold my cards. We'll both deduct a bit and you lose less. Wow. Honor amongst gamblers. I have an incredibly high honor score for someone that doesn't believe in honor. I was about to say something really, really pithy and sarcastic because of gaming conventions. Wow, really? You have a high honor score, but you're not Asian, Fiona. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. This is a lot of, like, trauma from old games. (laughs) I'll bet. It's like, what? Oh, God, I have. It led to the five rings where, like, if your honor score gets low enough, you literally just get shamed out or have to commit ritual suicide. It's great. Ridiculous. The ridiculousness of, like, bleh. Like seppuku I mean, is an option for you. Stuff is insane. I mean, court politics. There's a way to play it, but you need to be smart, and everyone needs to know all of the rules that you're either flouting or twisting. Yeah, I mean, I think it's actually a thing that's hard to simulate in any sort of game because of how the ambiguities of language work, right? Like mm-hmm. a lot of double meaning that is like the most devastating way to insult someone is something that really computers are not very good at interpreting. No, well, it's... Or, like, how do you put yeah. inflection in the options of dialogue where you can select each word and choose, like, oh, I want sarcastic ascending A for this emphasis. Well, think of it this way, right? Like, when, you, when it works to, like, political intrigue, you really need to understand the rules of the setting so well that you can make the interesting moves. So a lot of the problem with these like intrigue-based games is first, lore becomes a fairly... It becomes a gateway, right? The person who can be effective is the person who knows the lore because of all of these rules that the lore codifies and creates, the implied rule set of fiction, which, you know, L5R is known for. Or the other thing is, and I hate to say this, but... And I, I don't mean all players, obviously, but in the same way in acting where it's easier for a smart person to act in a way that's not intelligent, it is not easy for someone who is not intelligent to act like a smart person. Like, because mm. I hate, this is awful, but this is my working thesis, which is that we've all done something dumb, but I don't think we've all done something smart. Oh my god. That's so sad. I think Jared, delete that. <laughs> I think it's actually more that most people have never done something charismatic. Like or I think what most people think being charismatic is is over tipping if they're an American. And while like obviously that's a good thing to do, it's not really a charismatic act to just give someone more money in the hopes that they like you. I mean, you know, uh, you know what, you know what, <laughs> we're entering and veering into dangerous territory. <laughs> we are. But also, it's about the insufficiency of system to measure humanity, a complicated thing, because really, no matter what character I control, um, regardless of how bad its stats are, I believe I have better luck than most people, and I would probably beat them with one hit point and a threes across the board character. Fiona, are you saying the system doesn't matter? <laughs> Yeah, because caltrops exist, as do, uh, you know, um, rugs and uh, 
a lot of other things, like the efficiency of using sprinting techniques and throwing nails everywhere is incredible. You know, like, also starting fires. You know, and I swear, I swear, like I miss you too, and I wish we could hang out more. That's all. Same. <laughs>